Hey, this is Remington from Palais Royale, and you're listening to Rock Sound Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Rock Sound Podcast. I'm Will Cross, junior editor at the magazine. Uh, joining me, as always, a very croaky Tamsin Wills. How are you? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> we have a problem, don't we, Will? <laughs> we do. It got um, down the water, though, so it should be all yeah, right. Yeah, I've got lots of water to see me through. Basically, what happened is me and Jack went to see Mayday Parade at the weekend and they played a lesson in romantics and fall. And I got very excited, so much so that I sung so loudly that I've now lost my voice. <laughs> Sign of a good time though, yeah? I had the best time <laughs> of my life. Amazing. Legit. So did Jack, I think you can confirm. Here he is, Jack Rogers. Hello, I had a brilliant time because it was my birthday and um, it kind of hit me at some point halfway through that I was watching Mayday play on my birthday and... Yeah, there was a few points where it was just like, it was amazing. Nice. Big up. Well, um, last week we had um, an absolutely stacked show. We had Will Gould from Creeper, Lights, uh, and of course, Bert McCracken from The Used. Um, really, really good response online. Subscribe to us, uh, write us a review on iTunes, let us know what you're thinking, let us know your favourite interviews. This week, we've got an absolute blockbuster of an episode. Um, we've uh, we've gone and got uh, Mr. Alex Gaskarth of All Time Low to talk to us about all things Last Young Renegade. So wrong, it's right, don't panic, and all other manner of things, so stay tuned for that. We've got a return from Mr. Austin Knight of Waterparks to talk all things album two. Ton of exclusives. Uh, so if you're a Waterparks fan, very much stay tuned for that. And a bit like Patty Waters a few weeks ago, we previewed this last week. Uh, you've been asking for him for weeks and weeks and weeks, pretty much since we started and launched this podcast. Frank Iero has finally come on the podcast. Um, so we chatted to him about everything with his new EP, uh, his Parachutes album that came out last year. And um, just what it's like to be a super influential artist in both our world and just the music world at large. So yeah, get involved. But uh, Tam's in first, the news. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> uh, so in another new interview, Jared Way has said there are no My Chemical Romance reunion plans plans uh but the band have got back together recently and everyone's in a great place they're really good friends and in his words he says it was wonderful if you want to hear more about what he said go to our website rocksound.tv black veil brides have announced that new that the new album veil will be released on january 12th you can listen to tracks my vow and the outsider online now there will be no vans warped or uk this year which i'm very sad about please come back next year um, Marilyn Manson was injured at a show in New York. Shows that were scheduled from October 2nd to October 14th will be rescheduled, but we hope he's okay and recovering well. Tonight Alive have cast fans in a new video shoot that took place on Monday. So excited for their new music and to kind of see what comes from the video and everything else that's coming up. Creeper will release a mysterious book called The Last Day- Days of James Scythe on November 30th. You can listen back to last week's show for more on that and from Will. Um, Chase Atlantic have dropped a live video for drugs and ca- drugs. I was going to say drugs <laughs> and candy. I've got all time low on the brain. I thought you were going to say drugs and cats there. <laughs> I mean, um, drugs and money, <laughs> which is a total banger. 
Um, oh, I've got I've got all time now on the brain. Yeah. So bad. Um, and Rome will be bringing Stand Atlantic out on tour in Europe next month. Stoked for that. Oh man, so should we, stoked. Should we, should we go on a Euro road trip, guys? Oh yes. What like all the way across, like every single day? Yeah, let's just follow Romans <laughs> like, and Stand Atlantic. Jump around. in the van. I mean, me and Bonnie have got some dancing to do. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah, like yeah. flat fair, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's just not a one night agenda. That's <laughs> definitely into that. So, uh, interview one. Uh, yeah, speaking of um, drugs and candy, we've got Mr. Alex Gascard on the show. Um, so, super, super massive interview. Obviously, we know you guys out there love all time low. We love all time low. Uh, huge year for the band of last year on Renegade. So uh, I brought uh, all that to Alex and uh, we had a chat about the arena um, tour that's coming up next, early next year in the UK with Pierce the Veil that we spoke about on the podcast uh, a few weeks back. Absolutely amazing. So excited for that. Uh, 10 years, of course, of So Wrong It's Right and where the bits and bobs of that album are going to make it into the set. Uh, and also five years of Don't Panic as well. Um, we spanned the entire or some low kind of career in this chat. Uh, and just to get a little bit of information on what he thinks on that album as well, because um, the album doesn't get talked about so much in, uh, in the light of things like So Ronics, right? So super, super interesting. So, uh, so yeah, here we go. My chat with Alex Gascarth of All Time Low. Thank you for taking the time for coming on the podcast. Oh, yeah. You bet. Thanks for having me. So I just kind of wanted to talk about the, uh, the tour you've just announced with Pierce the Veil. Um, is this something that you've wanted to do for a while? And are you really, really excited to be bringing this to the UK? Yeah, absolutely. This is a, this is something that we kind of discussed pretty much right after we finished our tour with them years ago called Spring Fever Tour in the States. Um, you know, it was always sort of a, a thing that we said we would love to take overseas and, and do more of. Um, and it's just been one of those things where, like, the cards and the stars and all the things that have to align to make that happen have not aligned, you know. Um, until now, you know, it's been, it's been you know, we, we they had a record to put out, we had a record to put out, and, um Everybody's been in different places, but, you know, it's awesome that it's finally worked out. Those scale rooms are always an opportunity to kind of make it a thing, you know, show, have, have some spectacle to the show rather than just watching a band play on stage. So, you know, we definitely want to make it translate and we, we definitely want to put an emphasis on the new record and, and you know, making the dynamic of that record really, uh, really kind of shine in the rooms. Um, and then also, you know, like we, we have a song with Vic, so it's, it's exciting to have him there to, to potentially be able to do that with us on stage and, and, uh, you know, just throw some, throw some curveballs that a lot of people don't, you know, always get to see at every single show. So I think it'll be a really special night from, you know, a collaborative standpoint and a production standpoint. Amazing. And what's it like as well when you guys tour? I mean, is there kind of uh, a bit of friendly competition? We'd be kind of like trying to outdo each other each night or that sort of thing. What can we, uh, what can we expect? Will there be um, kind of a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of kind of that sort of thing? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I'm not going to lie and and say that, you know, they don't make me want to play better every night. I think I remember that from, from the spring fever tour that we did with them you know they put on such an amazing show and had like all this really cool production and um and you know just really delivered they brought it every night and so it it really made us want to step up our live show and and make sure that we felt like we were putting on you know just as good of a show as they were you know um so i think he kind of had both bands firing on all cylinders which is good you know it's that it's that sort of like healthy competition that suddenly gets like everybody on you know, dialed up and, and locked in and focused. So yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be good. Awesome, cool. I can't wait, man. Like so, and you mentioned as well, obviously, like Vic's on a love like war. Uh, so there's a potential that we might be seeing the two of you share in the stage, literally as well. 
I hope so, man. I mean, I don't, I can't speak for him, you know, if he, <laughs> if he tells me no, then that, that's, uh, that's on him, but you know, it's just, yeah, the potential is certainly there. So I think it would be, um, it would be a shame not to, uh, not to, uh, you know, capitalize on that moment. Amazing, cool. So as well, because it's obviously it's the tenth anniversary of Sorrow and It's Right just happened, literally like the end of last month. Um, you've announced a special shows in the US as well. Um, could we be seeing maybe a little bit of a, uh, a celebration of that album in these shows as well, like maybe some deeper cuts that we uh, we don't always see live from you guys from that album? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's definitely something we've got on our minds, and uh, you know, I think going into these three shows in the winter that we're doing uh, in New Jersey, um, we'll, we'll sort of like tap into that a little bit and maybe get some ideas kicking around for how we could carry it into the next year. And, um, you know, I think in general, it's, it's one of those things, it's, it's an opportunity for us to do a, a really, you know, a complex show with a lot of movement and a lot of different, you know, show off all the areas of, of the band. And so, um, you know, I, I expect that we'll probably come out and play a pretty long set every night. And that gives us, you know, more of an opportunity to go deeper into some of the albums. And, and you know, I'd say that we come to the UK probably, you know, more than a lot of other places. So a lot of these people that are coming to these shows have seen us, you know, one or more times already. And I think it would be a waste of time for everybody if we came over and did the same old thing. So, you know, there's definitely going to be a lot of moments for us to, to play some stuff that, you know, maybe people haven't heard live before or, or uh, yeah, throw it back a little bit. It'd be a lot of fun. Oh man, that's so cool! That yeah, because as well, because with last young renegade, it's it's um, I mean, your, your career's been a real evolution. And um, did it feel like on so wrong? It's right. Obviously, it's, uh, last young renegade is a very uh, kind of brave, bold album. You've really kind of experimented with a lot of sounds and done a lot of things that were quite left field and really pulled them off. Does it feel that on so wrong? It's right. Was that kind of the start of where you started to do sort of some sort of experiments and that sort of thing with your sounds? Obviously, you had a song like remembering Sunday on the album um, and things like that. Was that kind of where that experimentation really kind of started to? Awesome. I think so. I mean, you know, before that, we really just had two releases and it was, you know, it was an EP that was very much like up-tempo kind of pop punk songs, like the bread and butter of all time well on the EP. And then before that, it was like a self-released full length that was, again, kind of, you know, not entirely, but, but somewhat one-dimensional as far as like what we were trying to do. Um, so yeah, I think it was like the first, the first album where we did take a couple risks and tried a few things and, and, um, you know, there's, there's remembering Sunday is like more of a ballad song, which we had never really done before. And then there was, uh, there was also, um, you know, the, even back then, I mean, pop and champagne was weird for us, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> taking it down. Like now it's a, now it's kind of a staple song for all time. Well, but back then, I mean, you know, anything at that, that tempo, anything under 180 was like <laughs> 180 BPM was weird for us. So, you know, there were, there were definitely some like some calculated risks that we wanted to take. And, and I think that's always been sort of a, a thing for this band, you know, from album to album, there's always one or two uh, songs on every record that, that don't sound like anything we've done before, I think. Um, and I think we always make a point to try and do that, to continue to evolve and, and, you know, not get, not become old hat, you know, and I think it, it went to more of an extreme on this record. I think there's more, you know, on the new record, I think there was more of that, kind of the, the different songs and, and trying new things because I think we're in a place now where we can we can afford to do that a little bit more as far as like you know people are ready for some change but um, but yeah you know back then I think that really did kick off you know how we thought about approaching our records creatively awesome yeah because how do you feel listening back to that album now like do you feel are you, are you proud of those moments like is it an album that you're still really proud of absolutely I mean it's impossible to not be proud of a record that you know 10 years later has now been certified platinum um, 
things, things like that. You know, it's, it's pretty nuts that, that those things can happen over time like that. And it's, it's become such a, um, such a staple, you know, in our, in how our career developed and, and the fact that people are still diving back into our back catalog and, and falling in love with some of those older songs is great. You know, you know, it's hard for me to look back and not also critique and be like, man, what were we thinking there? And, and I wouldn't do that now and stuff like that. But, but I think that's just part of being a creator in general. You know, it's impossible to, to not kind of overanalyze everything that you do, um, in hindsight, but like, you know, it's, it's, super important for us uh as a record just in terms of what it what it did the doors it opened and and you know the trajectory it kind of put us on and the path it put us on yeah for sure man as well and with last young renegade now um does it feel like like you're saying it's it's um you've probably kind of pushed those experiments like more than ever before because you're kind of in the position to be able to do that now like does it does it feel like a real milestone for the banks it's been with us for a good few months now how does it feel now that people have the time to to absorb it and take it in you know, I think it's been really cool watching its growth and its development. You know, when it first came out and with some of the first songs that we put out, I think it was pretty polarizing. A lot of people weren't sure what to make of it, especially being that like Dirty Laundry was the first song people heard and they didn't know where we were going with things. You know, it wasn't really something that we had done before. And so that got a little, you know, that can get a little bit scary when some of the initial reactions are like, whoa, this is not what I, you know, expected. Um, but then, then a lot of people really settled into it, you know, even, even, People, I think that that were expecting us to do more of a pop punk album or or whatever. I, I even saw a lot of those people kind of coming around to it and realizing, you know, what we were trying to do. And I think it's at that point that people start to appreciate it for what it is. Um, and and it's been awesome. You know, I think one of the coolest things is how how well it's been received live. You know, getting in front of people that are actually playing those songs. Uh, at the shows has been super rewarding because it's it's some of the louder you know, some of the louder moments in the set as far as people singing back to us. And, uh, yeah, I think that's very valuable these days in, in a world where, like, a lot of music is becoming background. Um, you know, it's really cool that people were willing to dive in and listen to the whole record and not just fixate on one song here and there. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I, I feel really lucky that we have, like, you know, the fan base that we have that it's kind of it's there for the big picture rather than just, like, the sort of the one single off the record, which I know is something that a lot of bands sometimes struggle with. Amazing, yeah, because um, yeah, there's something I've found the more I've kind of absorbed the album over the past few months in that it really starts to really reveal itself the more you listen. So was that very much the kind of the idea and that it's, um, you know, bits of it obviously are like super instant, but as a full body of work, it really reveals itself the more you invest. Was that kind of, uh, was that kind of what you'd hoped for it as well? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think at first it wasn't as intentional as that. Like, we didn't know exactly what we had until the songs started coming together and we and we started piecing the album together. But it was like about halfway into the process that we realized it felt like it was an album that had more of a big picture going on. You know, there was more to it than just here's ten songs. Um, so you know, you, you know, it's like a, it's a it's a body of work and it's uh, it's kind of meant to be absorbed that way and processed that way. You know, I think like you said, there's plenty of songs that can kind of do their thing on their own with one or two listens, but there's definitely, you know, a lot of texture to it and a lot of layers to it. And we spent a lot of time tweaking and, and making it something that would take people on a bit of a journey. If they you know, wanted to put that kind of time into it, Amazing. especially yep. for a short record, you know, like you don't want to make a, you don't want to make a record that's just over half an hour and have it be like, you know, have it have no depth or dynamic, you know, it was really important that because of the length of the record itself, there was still a lot to connect with on multiple listens. 
Amazing, yeah, and you definitely hear that. And I mean, as, as well, you were saying before, that there, so were there some nerves as well before it was released and when you started to kind of release the songs and things like that? Was there, were there still, at this kind of, you know, this huge milestone moment in the band's career, were there still some quite tangible nerves then? Yeah, man, there's always nerves when, you, when you're making new music and about to put out new music. It's like, you know, how, how could there not be? It's, it's always, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to fail uh, <laughs> and we want to make our fans happy and, and we want, you know, we want people to keep coming to the shows and, and it's, you know, that a bad record can, can sometimes be the end of things for, for artists. So, um, you know, especially taking a bit of a, a turn with some of the songs and things like that, you know, it was, it was definitely a little bit more of a calculated risk on this one. But, um, but at the same time, you know, it's like I said before, we don't want to be old hat. We don't want to, we don't want to be the band that keeps making the same record over and over and over again, 15 years into a career. And, you know, it just, I think then it just gets a little bit sad. Like, what are you doing it for? Um, if you're not, you know, trying to improve and, uh, and not even necessarily improve, but just if you're not trying to kind of try new things and challenge people a little bit, um, I think it's all, everything in moderation, you know, and I think we still want to sound like all time low and we don't want to go so far that it alienates everybody, but, um, you know, it was, it was a cool, uh, it was a cool process and it really let us grow as musicians trying new things, you know, with dynamic and sound and, um, you know, all of those things involved. Oh man, that's really cool though. As well, because um, you've got the five-year anniversary of Don't Panic coming up next week as well. Um, how do you feel listening back to that album? Because obviously that kind of comes right in the middle of the new album, So Wrong It's Right. Like, does it? How Are you proud of that as well? Because again, it was a very kind of sonic left turn at the time for you guys, in parts anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's probably one of my favorite records we've ever made. Um, you know, I really, I really look at that record as it was an interesting step because obviously it was, in a way, it was a return to form record for us. We were trying to kind of put the negative connotations that came along with, with the major, the first major label endeavor um, behind us and kind of clear the air and, and, you know, get back to what we know in a way. But, you know, it also felt like the first time we put out a record that felt like completely realized and fully thought out. You know, I think before then we were, we were kind of, it always felt like we were sort of piecing records together um, and, and, you know, sometimes after the fact, we'd be like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have done that quite like that or whatever. And that record very much feels like one where I can listen to it all the way through and go like, okay, yeah, our heads were in this like a hundred percent of the way through and we knew what we were trying to do. Um, so that was, that was a big moment for us, I think, as, as artists and songwriters, um, just kind of learning our craft and, and sort of in a way perfecting it. Um, you know, I don't think we're ever perfect, but, uh, just, just getting it right. That one really felt like we we tapped into something there. Just to finish up then as well, you've um, you've also done a song with Lindsey Sterling um, for a forthcoming album. Uh, obviously, you've, you uh, you know you do a lot of co-writing. You're working with State Champs, and we spoke to the Rex recently. He worked with. Um, how was working with Lindsey? How how was that process? She's awesome, man. I, I actually uh, I was very lucky to get involved with this project because I, I didn't do any writing on the song or, or anything like that. This was this is a little bit different because she basically already had this Christmas record ready to go. Um, and it is a holiday record. So it's a little, you know, it's a little bit different. It's a lot of fun. And, um, she, we're, we're, we're good friends and we, we have been for a while. And so she kind of texted me out of the blue and was like, Hey, I have this song that I think would like suit your voice and suit your style of singing and things like that. Like, would you want to be involved with this? And, um, her and I have talked about collaborating over the years quite a few times and you know just because we're always being pulled in different directions it's never worked out so the fact that like everything was there and ready to go and it was um you know it was a a uh 
you know, something for something for the holidays, which is always fun. It was it was easy to jump on. She actually sent me the song while I, while we were in Japan, so I um, I ended up tracking the vocal uh, at a studio in Japan. Um, thanks to uh, Taka from One OK Rock, <laughs> oh, we used their studio. So um, yeah, so we we got it done like just before her deadline for turning it in. So yeah, it was a lot of fun, and, and the song's a blast. You know, it's it's like just kind of a silly, cute Christmas song, which is always uh, which is always a good time. Awesome. So, um, yeah, really, really interesting. Uh, really expansive chat. Uh, Tamsin, what are you saying on everything that Alex had to say? I think that tour is going to be insane. Oh man. Um, and one thing, Alex, if you don't, if you don't play anything from So Wrong It's Right, I will hunt you down. Um, because I think it's only fair that if America gets the So Wrong It's Right album shows that we at least get like. 90% of the album. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, oh, maybe not 90%. <laughs> like, but yeah, uh, I, I really love that he, he what he said about Pierce the Vow, how they like, it's really healthy competition. Like yeah. they try and better each other every night. I'm really looking forward to kind of see how that comes out. Like if there's going to be pranks, um, possible collaborations on stage as well. That's going to be pretty insane. Um, and yeah, I think it's, I think he's just in a, with uh, with uh, Last Re- Young Renegades being out quite a while now, I-, I like how he was kind of open about being like, I know not everyone really liked it when it first came out, but they're, like, they're aware of that. But I think, I mean, it's definitely for me as well, the album's really, really grown on me over the yeah. past few months, like the more I listen to it. So, uh, like, fair play to them. Like, uh, And having So Wrong It's Right being 10 years old and still going with Last Young Renegade, Renegade like the difference between the two albums is quite substantial but this like it's still all time low in oh, both yeah. albums so yeah for sure uh, yeah i think it really shows their evolution as a band and um you know especially with these shows i mean like i think if you're pulling from all these different places and you're going to get things like remembering sunday up against you know life of the party and then also songs like uh, so long soldier like it just shows they've done so much with their band and their sound and that's something that's really really admirable and like it just it just shows why they're such a huge influential band i mean jack i assume you agree oh always yeah <laughs> uh main thing i said is when he said everything in moderation because like it, it is easy to forget that like within this Sorry it's right it's 10 years old do panic's five years old that's two pretty big milestones for two pretty big albums and two albums which from a band who were like different levels of maturity different different levels of like where they wanted to be with the music and then when you're pushing that five years on to last young renegades and just the way they saying, well this is who we want to be now and this is but it's still as tamsin said still being all-time low because it is an album which it's still quintessentially that band, even though it's not like pop hooks and three chords. Like the heart of the band's still there, the attitude of the band's still there, but they've just adapted so brilliantly to what like fans and also the wider world knows of it. Like for so many, they can jump into a pool of like, well, like it's what we always say when people try and get pop elements. It's like it's people can see through it when it's like forced. Like, people go, nah, you're just doing that for, like, whatever reason. But Alex and Jack and Rian is like, they understand how to be a band in the different worlds and spread themselves out and communicate to different people. And then to be able to do that and then bring all those people together for this tour next year, where when I've seen All Time Low, when I saw them at the O2, it's like, there's kids singing along to the Future Heart songs, but there's kids, like, older kids like me, screaming along to Popping Champagne. 
And to bring those people together in such a way where it's not forced, it's not like, it's it's just a very natural thing. And I don't think, no bands do it like All Time Low do. No, I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, and to be able to say before, like just to be able to talk about Don't Panic a bit as well, um, with coming up with the five year anniversary of that album. Uh, like he said, it, it kind of, uh, it really kind of dug them out of a, of a kind of difficult situation. Um, the, uh, the album for it, Dirty Work, kind of put them in a bit. And uh, I thought it was really, really canny of him to say. Um, so I'd love to see like more of the album in the set and like with these shows coming up, maybe we'll get things like uh, To Live and Let Go and Joking on a Lifesaver and things like that. Like I'd love that so much because it's my favorite all-time low album. I think- Well, it's Alex's as well, as he said. Well, like, yeah, yeah, and yours. And mine yeah. as well, yeah. <laughs> Not mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, like um, I'd love to see some of that and I just, I think these shows have the potential to be potentially the show of next year, but just because of everything that they're going to be able to bring with this back catalogue that's so wide-ranging and so influential. So cannot wait. Huge shout out to Alex. So much going on with that band. And yeah, just an absolute giant in our world. Awesome. Big shout out to Alex for coming on. Uh, Jack? It's list of questions time. <laughs> is that the jingle? Well, it's, we're, we're working up to like, like um, <laughs> if, if I start injecting a bit of like me into it, like someone will, like one of the many bands who listen to us as well, they'll go, you know what? He's making himself look a fool. Like we're going to write that for them. <laughs> so like. They're coming Austin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Austin, Patty, like <laughs> Joel and Benji, like. Whoever fancies yeah. it. Like. <laughs> Whoever fancies it. Just Not ha- picky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So speaking of uh, Patty, someone asked a pretty interesting question. It was uh, um, Luministy underscore of underscore art. It said, how does one become Patty Walters? Which, (laughs) I think it's a very interesting concept, but I think there are a few steps of how you can become Patty Walters. I think at first you've got to cut out the booze, straight up. Then you've got to cut out the meat. Then you've got to realize that everything in the world is brilliant. And then you kind of like put on a bit of an American accent and then like just be so lovely to everyone. Like if you meet someone in the street, give them a massive hug uh, and then be quite good at singing as well. You've thought about this a lot, Mm. haven't you? Oh yeah, no, I was was thinking about it. I I have thought about it. Like it's um, it's pretty foolproof, but I mean, I, I couldn't like beer's brilliant like I can't cut that out but yeah just uh, yeah dye hair blonde as well I guess like he's kind of done the Ling Gun thing hasn't he that like album 2 he's like blonded up so uh, oh, almost white yeah, yeah. Plat- platinum blonde yes yeah. I mean I've just put grow a fringe buy some converse and high kick at every given opportunity oh he can yeah <laughs> oh yeah he's good at high pa- kick yeah, he's yeah. got high a strong high kick so yes. practice that get flexible and just to finish off Alex spelt with a one instead of an L. Um, dot one eight two has asked very simply: brand new or taking back Sunday? Taking back Sunday. Oh, it's difficult, but taking back Sunday. Taking back Sunday. Three oh, nil. Full out. See, the system works. <laughs> <laughs> Calls of shop.rocksound.tv. The Sleeping with Sirens bundles are very much still on sale. They will sell out though, uh, so buy them all up before they do. Uh, you can go for the Legends bundle, which includes a limited edition cover, of course, done by Tom Morgan, like fifth shout out or something in five weeks. Uh, vinyl sticker. Will, stop it. You're never yeah. going to meet him. <laughs> 
and signed poster for him by the whole band. We can go for the Gossip Bundle, which includes an exclusive tote bag designed by Kellen Quinn uh, and an exclusive pocket mirror. If you like the sound of all of that, you can go for the Super Fan Bundle, which includes literally all of it, all the different covers. Absolutely amazing. It's an amazing story about a really, really interesting, brilliant album. Um, Andy Beersack, Seaway, Frank Iero, The Main, so much more inside. Check it all out. Let us know your favorite things and yeah, get on board. Um, our Spotify playlist as well. Follow us on Spotify. Uh, we're updating our playlist weekly. Um, of course, our favorite, the Rock Sound Charts, um, is an absolute uh, door into the Rock Sound world and, um, and has all the best new tunes from all the bands in our world. Uh, we've included it. It's been updated this week uh, with the uh, Hoodie Allen song featuring, of course, Mr. Derek Descanio. Banger. Yep. Yeah. Uh, new Black Veil Brides. Loads of stuff in there. Stand Atlantic, Chase Atlantic. Ask Alexandria, all the big hitters, everything. Check it all out. Follow us on Spotify. Absolutely amazing. And also the Scuzz TV show is on daily on Scuzz TV. Uh, if you want to read along with the magazine, uh, if you want to know all the best new bangers from all the bands that are included in this month's magazine, read along, watch along, get involved. That's on daily on Scuzz. So interview two. Uh, Austin Knight, we know you all love him out there. Um, he was on our launch special, um, a bit of an infamous interview now. If you like, he was um, absolutely adored by everyone. Uh, what he was saying, uh, hilarious stuff that he came out with. Um, so we caught up with him again uh, last week, just before the band sold out show at the Underworld in London, uh, to talk all things uh, album two, which was a big secret up until recently. Um, so I wasn't kind of sure what he was going to let me like know, and I wasn't sure how much he'd come out with about it. But of course, being Austin, he was super cool, super candid, and uh, told me many, many things. So uh, if you're a Waterparts fan, strap in uh, and find out so much about the forthcoming Waterparts album right now. Cool. So, uh, Austin, thank you so much for returning to the Rock Sound Podcast. got it. <laughs> I have a whole paper dedicated to me. That's sick. I can't read it upside down like that, but it's cool. <laughs> he does. Yeah, I've got many things to ask. Um, so, yeah, to get into uh, our second chat, um, you're in the middle of a sold-out UK tour at the yeah. moment. Pretty insane. It's so weird. This show sold out. I didn't know how quick, but people from our label out here told me it sold in like an hour. No way. I was like, fuck. That's cool. Man, I didn't think that would happen. Yeah, no, blimey. So, with that in mind, does that feel kind of like a real pinnacle moment for the band so far? It's it's like a relief. The thing is, I have a hard time. <laughs> this is like, we're getting too real too quick. Uh, I've got a hard time kind of uh, looking at successful things in the moment while it's happening and being like, oh, cool, and being able to sit back just because there's always so much other stuff to do and so much work to do and so many other things like on my mind, like what's next. Um, but I definitely am able to, it's, it's a big relief, you know what I mean? Because I mean, we did shows for a while, like some years where it was, you know, if we left Houston, you know, our hometown, we could expect to see like 10 people there, you know what I mean? So it's, it's a big relief to know that that's not what's happening overseas. Like they're all sold out, you know, it's really cool. And you've currently been finishing up album two. Oh, it's done. It's done. Yeah. Oh, wow. We okay. finished it the day before. Like, so what happened was we finished it, flew out the next morning, went home, packed our shit, did laundry. Actually, reversed that. Did laundry, packed our shit. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, that's it. Wow. So it's just like with last year, like when we finished Double Dare, we flew home and the next, or in, it was either that night or the next morning, had to drive out for a warp tour. Like we fin it's our schedule is just packed always. It's amazing. Cool. That's yeah. that is that's so cool. I mean, like, because uh, last time we spoke, you said uh, you know there might be Warfuck, new Warfuck songs somewhere. Who knows? Yeah. You know. So you had them under wraps probably around then at the time. Yeah. Um, 
we uh, we went in with twenty something this time. We it's we didn't get there's so many though. Like cause the thing is, with Double Dare we went in with I think forty six songs, and um, we were able to make fifteen total. Two of them being bonus tracks. If you hear this, try and find what we do for fun and candy because they're such cool songs and I wish they made the album. They're on the Japanese version, but they're probably leaked somewhere. So look for it. But uh, this time around, uh, just because we've been touring so much, I haven't had as much time to you know sit and demo and do all that. Cause I, like, I mean, I write constantly, but I don't consider a song done until there's a demo of it. Um, and this time around, yeah, we didn't get to do 15 songs, which is a bummer, but uh, everything that's on, it's just ridiculous. I love all of it. Oh man, I'm so excited because you said as well as uh, so you said that you know it, it wasn't going to sound the same. You never want to do the same thing twice. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember you saying something about yeah. you know like you kind of said, oh, it could be indie pop, but it'll still be water parks, right. you know, something like that. So are we expecting a real mixed bag of an album? Yeah. Like, um, I mean, I've showed demos to like close friends. I showed actually Chapel, who we're on tour with right now. I showed them a few songs the other day, and everyone's just like, fuck. It's just it's just a much like bigger sounding version. You know what I mean? Like there's still like. Because, I mean, from, like, for a very long time now, people have, it's funny, because <laughs> people will be like, Water Parks is the shittiest pop punk band ever. It's like, we're not goddamn pop punk. That's fucking why, you dumb asshole. Like, like, I've, I'm pretty sure I've used this example before, but it's like, it's like, this is the worst pizza I've ever had. And like, duh, you bitch, we're Chinese food. Like, <laughs> like, you can't expect it to be good pizza when it's not fucking pizza. Like, and I think this album helps separate, or like kind of clear that even more. Um, just, I mean, the songs are just bigger, you know? Um, and we get to do more stuff that we hadn't gotten to before. Like, there's even one song that, um, it was done before Double Dare, that is on the al- this album. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I just, I loved it. And the first time around, it was just kind of like, I don't know if it's time for this one yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and this time, you know, I was going through... I was showing like Benji and Joel um, and Courtney all the demos and everything, trying to kind of figure out what's going to make the cut. And they heard that one, they're just like, "Wait, what is that?" I'm like, "That's old. Are you kidding me? Like, I showed you that." And uh, so you know, sat there, kind of um, was like, "Thank God," because I love this song. You know what I mean? Amazing. Um, I'm psyched on that one too because it's the first time that a song uh, where all the demo vocals are on it. Oh man! Yeah, I mean, we we uh, recut some just for like layers' sake, but it's cool because it's like literally what I was like feeling at that exact time, and like it's actually on the album. Wow! So it's not completely redone then. It's it's fairly in its yeah, original we, I mean, incarnation. Yeah, we everything that was on it. Oh right, okay, cool. It all up and like Amazing. Uh, um, added just it's it's a lot bigger. Now. Wow! <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I can demo all of them, but I'm also I'm not gonna sit here and act like I'm a great. I'm not great at recording. I just, you know, I'm good at getting the ideas down. Amazing. So, so are there going to be a lot of curveballs on this? I mean, obviously, we've chatted before about being so many curveballs on mm. Double Dare. It's going to be like that again. Are we going to be hearing some some real new sides to the band? Yeah, for sure. Amazing, amazing. Um, cool. And you said uh, in <laughs> like we talked about uh, Gloom Boys having almost like um, a Barbie Jeep riff on yeah. it. Yeah. Could we be hearing things like have you been pulling from unusual inspirations again? <laughs> yeah. Um, Trying to, I'm trying to think of like examples. Um, there's this one song <laughs> I didn't actually think would be there. I was just like, dude, I want to make like the fucking cutest like Jason Mraz, Michael Bublé song kind of thing ever. And 
Joel was like, that's one of the biggest hooks you've ever written. And I was like, really? And so, I mean, I liked it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have made it. But uh, it's always kind of surprising to see what people are psyched on. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It was cool this time because, I mean, I've got maybe like five to eight friends that kind of hear all the demos and stuff that happen. And uh, everybody had different favorites. You know what I mean? So it's not like there's like three songs that are like the clear winners, which is cool. um, Just because um, I never, ever want there to be filler. I don't think it's possible for there to be just because so many songs get written and they're all pretty much bangers. (laughs) Not to be like a dick or whatever, but I mean, they're all cool. And, um, but I mean, everybody had different favorites, which is cool. And like, when I called a couple people to tell them what the final track list was going to be, because you know, they get invested, they start liking certain songs and, uh, everybody was mad. (laughs) Like they, everybody understood, but, um, they're just like, but but I'm like, well, what would you replace it with? They're like, I don't know. I'm like, okay then. Like, and like um, a bit of an infamous moment as well. Um, you mentioned some diss tracks potentially. Yeah. <laughs> Austin's eyes have lit up. <laughs> <laughs> I take it they've made it then. They they did make it. Yeah. Um, they're some people are not happy about. Them. <laughs> and the the thing is, nobody that's actually in the songs has even heard them yet. I don't I don't even know if they will. But uh, you know, fuck those people. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, um, I was like, the thing is, if there's gonna be a diss track, there's no, like, you can't pussyfoot around it, you know what I mean? You just have to be, like, like, that's the thing, if, if I'm gonna be, like, sweet in a song, you're gonna, you're gonna feel like you are just, like, sick from it. It's like, oh, gross, like, if you can't handle that kind of thing. If you like sweet stuff, oh, dude, you're gonna be psyched. Now, if I'm gonna be salty and, like, shit on someone or something or whatever, it's gonna be real, you know? So like, you went in. Right, like I, I don't like when bands or anyone in general can, uh, or when they're like, you know, man, we're gonna tell the fucking truth on this album, you know, like that kind of thing. They're like, we're really gonna hit home with some people, and then it's just vague stuff. Like, it's not like that. Wow. Okay. Like, uh, it's just you can look at other genres, and you don't necessarily have to pull influence from them sonically, but attitude-wise, you can. Like, like, like pop artists can have you know unapologetic hooks you know what i mean they can just be painfully catchy and it's a good thing it works for them rappers dude rappers can start shit with people all the time and it's it's a norm you know what i mean and i think part of you know like the appeal is that it's kind of like a dangerous thing to do you know what i mean because you're actually going for people and so that's what i did wow so so there's an element of danger to this album then um, it, definitely that track, but yeah, I mean, amazing, amazing. <laughs> uh, it's everything always kind of feels weird just because no, I, this is more just internal, like for me. But I mean, you know, it's it's all extremely real shit for me, and like I don't like talking about uh, uh, <laughs> my emotions a lot, uh, openly anyway, and um, so it's weird to put them out there like that. You know what I mean? It's like. I'm pretty much being I guess like the most open I'll be in songs and it just kind of also rhymes (laughs) (laughs) amazing I can't wait to hear that Um, I guess we'll go to the the flip side of that then you mentioned that there's a kind of uh, duality as well in that there's some very very sweet stuff and um, yeah we we, we talked about um, Take Us to the Moon last time and you said you know that was really kind of Carly Rae inspired and you wanted to go all out pop Um, 
is that in that realm? There's definitely a lot of electronics. There's tons. Um, it's kind of funny. A lot of the ones that are full-on electronic are actually a lot more dark. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's kind of like, I guess, would be the opposite of Take Her to the Moon. Amazing. You know, just like dark pop. Amazing. That's very, very cool. Um, so in terms of, as well, doing the album, you essentially did the album in secret. Um, was that because you just kind of, you, you wanted to keep that mystique to the band, you know, and you kind yeah, of, yeah. I mean, you don't want, I, I didn't want, I mean, I already kind of stopped looking at replies and stuff on Twitter and like mentions or whatever, or comments and stuff. Um, and I feel like if people knew an album was happening, I would see the expectations and I'd much rather just sit quietly in my room and just be like make songs you know what I mean and then uh, yeah actually speaking of that um, this was the first time the entire thing wasn't written in my room um, I got an Airbnb like in California for a month it was actually our uh, right after what was it the all time low UK tour uh, yeah yeah um, like whenever it looks like we have a month <laughs> we don't um <laughs> That, yeah, for, like, as soon as I got back, I think I had, like, a day or two, and then went out there and wrote, wrote and demoed, uh, like, maybe eight more songs. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, and so, I just wanted to see what would happen, because, you know, every release has been done at, like, it's been written at my desk. Yeah. You know, like, in Houston. And the thing is, I didn't want to go and try, like, it's... Sometimes when people want to, you know, hit different sounds or whatever, they involve a whole lot of people and do all this. But, you know, again, there's no co-writes on this album. It's just, like, the band. So the album felt very organic in the way it yeah, put together like, them. The thing is, a lot of people, when they're talking about their albums, they're like, you know, it almost tore the band apart. This was the easiest thing ever. You know, it was just natural. It's like, made the songs, went in there with the people I trust, did it. The end amazing yeah like it was it was the only like if anything was to be hard about it it's just looking back at some of the darker things you know or like things that I didn't like writing about like the more negative things and having to kind of it's it's weird to kind of put it like this but um, it's sort of similar to like acting you know I mean not saying I'm an actor or anything like that but um, it's like I would notice after tracking the vocals on one that's, you know, about like some shit that I just didn't like or like a bad time or whatever. Um, I noticed that for at least a few hours after vocals, I was like, why do I feel really depressed right now? Like, I feel like, like I'm in like a funk, like, and I was like, oh, like that makes sense. Like you have to kind of put yourself in that place because it still needs to be genuine. You know what I mean? I can say it was easy to, you know, do the guitars or whatever or like, but, um, you know, as far as vocals go, like, you have to, it has to be genuine. You know what I mean? Like, you actually, oh, I sound lame as shit right now. Sorry. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. No, so it was, um, so it, apart from it being a very easy process production-wise, it was, it, it, it was a challenge to, it, emotionally. Like, yeah, like, emotionally doing certain things or singing about certain things or, like, you know, bad times can be kind of emotionally taxing. Um, which could potentially suck if we wind up doing those ones live. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, comes with the territory. You know, if, if somebody's expecting a pop punk release, that's not what they're going to get. If someone is going to go into it with an open mind and just look for good songs, 
and like you know appreciate them for what they are then you know i think they're gonna really like it amazing so uh yeah austin and i talk about album two uh i cannot wait like i think this is uh, a potential monster on our hands jack um well yeah yeah it's uh i've been thinking a lot because we got asked last week in podcast like so when i asked what do we think it's gonna sound like and i was still laughing about tamzin when she just said bops, bops. Yeah, just, bops. yeah it's yeah, just yeah. bops like it's just bops. Straight up bops. and he has confirmed that it's yeah. gonna <laughs> <laughs> yeah. be full of bops yeah. um but to hear him actually say it and then like it's he said that it's um, going to be full of bops but at the same time one of my favourite things he said was that people need to stop calling them pop punk yeah. which I thought that was a, <laughs> that was brilliant like, I thought it was brilliant like it's when he like when he's like oh this pizza's rubbish when you're eating Chinese food yeah yeah you're a bloody genius mate um, but like yeah it's like that and I think I think um that Austin as a person, he's like he's changing his character. He's um, like going forwards. He's got this persona within um, like water parks as the quirky type who writes quirky songs and does all these things. But I think into this album, it does sound like he's taking things a lot deeper and a lot more seriously. And is that as well? He said when he was like, he's gonna go in on quite a bit. Oh, like the diss tracks. Yeah, I yeah. Can't, cannot wait to hear this oh, diss track. Which I think. Like mixing with that because a diss track for one it's like it's quite harsh, but then like to do that you have got to write quite dark and quite like personal. Yeah, because he seemed like he was going in, but yeah. he's like it doesn't sound like like he said he doesn't like it when bands kind of say they're going to tell the truth or whatever and then yeah. they veil stuff up. Like this sounds like it's going to be like full yeah, on like hip hop style diss. Which who thought that from like the band who wrote Crave? You yeah, know? like it's. And I think it's it's why they're one of the most exciting bands in our world because they're so unpredictable, like so eccentric, yet so f- richly, like not richly, but um, so like vibrant within what they can do. You just can't take a breath. Like anytime, no. it's like you never know what's coming next. No, that's it. It's so exciting. I mean, we said that on the launch uh, special as well. And like when we spoke to him then as well, like I wasn't kind of sure how much he was joking about things like the diss tracks and also the Michael Bublé song. Um, but these things are real and they are going to be with us hopefully in the next few months. So um, yeah, I mean the Michael Bublé bop, especially alongside these diss tracks. This album is just honestly, this has the potential to be something really really out there i think tamsin excited yeah i mean as you said like the, one of the things i highlighted was that one song is influenced by jason Mraz and michael buble um so that's just gonna be hooks for days that is that's gonna be the ultimate bop um but what what i found quite interesting is the way he he was like we didn't tell anyone that we were writing a new record because I didn't want to go online and see all the expectations like the new Waterparks record must sound like this. I hope it sounds like this. You need to do this on your record. Like they need to do what they want to do. And I think that's probably a, a lot of the pressure that a lot of fans face these days is like, you know, they start writing and then they go online and fans are going like, please do this, please do this. You need to work with this person. And they're like, oh my God, this isn't what we were doing. But maybe if that's what the fans want, that's what we should do. So I think it was actually a really clever idea where he was like, I just rented a place for a month. I didn't tell anyone on social media. I didn't tell anyone at all. And we, I just went, I wrote, recorded it, boom, done. And they, which means they've done exactly what they wanted with this record. And there's no co-writes. Like everything is from Austin's brain. And we all know what that's like. 
Imagine if they just Beyonce did it. Oh man! Just drop it tomorrow. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 well, they've done thirteen videos. Like yeah, yeah, the, whole, yeah. the whole story, they made yeah. a film. Yeah, yeah, made a film. Each one ties into. Yeah, I don't know what the concept would Austin be. Austin's walking go... down the street in a yellow dress, smashing <laughs> up cars. That would go viral. It'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I could go with that. But yeah, shout out water parks forever. I went to see them at the Underworld last week. And I haven't seen a place jump like that in years. What's going to be next? Cannot wait for this album. And I'm sure there'll be more from Austin very soon. So, uh, yeah, big shout out to those guys. Um, cool. RS Shouts this week. So, um, we've already mentioned them on the show. Um, we're going to be speaking to Mr. Frank Iero uh, in a moment. So, um, we thought we'd do the first band-centric RS Shout. So, this week, we're just going gonna, gonna to spitball it. We're going to do the best MCR song. Uh, Jack, go first. You're a cruel man, Will Cross. <laughs> yeah. Um, first one which comes to mind for me is the one which I go to and I have the most feeling about is Disenchanted oh, uh, of Black yeah. Parade, which I think is just a perfect build-up of emotion and melody and just storytelling. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Disenchanted would be my, my second choice, actually. But uh, my first choice is going to be Cemetery Drive. Um, oh, it's, yeah, it's just the ultimate emo, like, dark heart ballad. Like, it's amazing. Um, it's where that, I mean, on the uh, Life and the Murder scene uh, documentary, Gerard says when they were starting the band that he wanted it to be basically a mix of the Smiths and the Misfits. And I, I feel that song in particular is just where those two worlds collide in the best possible way. Like, the way that the verse is just going to the chorus straight back in and just like Gerard, like say, just on the best form. I mean, he's, he's one of the best. I'm putting him up there as one of the best front men of all time. Uh, and that song is just the encapsulation. Like, honestly, if you want a dark hearted emo ballad, that is the one. Uh, I've chosen Ghost of You. Oh, yeah. Um, don't, like, it's just the ultimate. Like, for me, it's the ultimate my chem song and the video for it, like, matches the emotion of the song so well. Like, I pretty much cry every time I see the video for it. Man, great shouts all around. Yeah, big up MCR, best band of all time. I just want to say as well, Vampire Money. Oh, are we just going to start listing MCR no, I just want to say Vampire Money. Oh, That's all I want to say. Are oh, no. uh, you ready, Ray? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you, Frank? I think I'm there, baby. <laughs> How about you, Mikey? <laughs> Fucking ready. I think I'm okay. That is honestly perfect. Uh, speaking of that, Mr. Frank Gairo. So you've been asking him for weeks and weeks, literally since the start of this show. So we've got him. I went and spoke to him on his bus. It was super, super cool. He was absolutely lovely. And we had a chat about um, everything that's been going on with him, basically. Like, Keep the Coffins Coming EP, uh, Parachutes last year, and how those two recording processes overlapped. Uh, really intense. Put himself through the emotional ringer and then some. Uh, really interesting to get into that. And then also just like being an influential artist. And we mentioned bands. We mentioned Water Parks. Um, we mentioned uh, Milk Teeth. And just these kind of, all these different bands who look up to Mike Emco Romance and Frank as an artist and are taking risks and reinventing themselves with everything release like my chemical romance did really really interesting and just talked to an absolute legend like frank so uh here we go frank iero awesome so frank thank you so much for joining us on the rock sound podcast oh, it's my pleasure thank you for coming out and doing this oh man absolute pleasure so i just wanted to have a chat really about keep the coffins coming um we work with albini uh and how it's come off the back uh, of parachutes as well ross yeah. robinson and then maybe a bit of a tour and things like that as well so yeah uh all all, all, is, all is good with me yes to talk about yeah those are some it's been a crazy year it really has i got like a, i had a lot of opportunities to to cross some uh, a lot of things off my bucket list and uh, 
and definitely working with, with, with Steve was, was one of them. Working with Ross was one of them. I mean, uh, unbelievable. Amazing. Amazing. I can't wait to get into it. So so we'll kick off with Keep the Coffins Coming then. Okay. So, so you recorded with Steve yes. uh, for that. A previous feature you did with us earlier this year, you were saying that, like you say, you just mentioned your bucket list. It was a complete yeah. crossing off moment. Uh, take us inside it. Like, it, it must have been quite intense. It, it was. You know, I, I think the thing about it too was like just finding out like, all right, hey, let, let's contact Steve and, and see if he's even interested and in, uh, or has any availability or anything like that and, and he was he was he was he was interested to do it and he was like I got three days you know uh, this weekend you know like if you can make it out let's do it and so I was like oh, I'm getting a U-Haul so we got a U-Haul <laughs> and I fuck, I packed up a bunch of you know equipment and stuff like that and my brother-in-law Evan and, uh, and our drummer Matt Olson like we all jumped in the U-Haul and our, and our friend Eddie, who who texted for us, like we we drove out to Chicago, and it was like super, it was super cold, man. It was like <laughs> I think it was February something like that, and um, yeah, it was it was unreal. We got in there. You stay in 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 the studio, you know. There's there's a little room and board, which is great, and um, and you know you eat, live, breathe the the studio, and 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 uh, and he's very. He, what did he say? He said, "I have the, the bedside manner of a of a walk in refrigerator, basically." <laughs> and he like it's true, man. Like he's not like he's not like a warm like you know like, a guy that's like wants to get in your mix or like you know like want, doesn't want to be part of your band. Like wants to be very like you know fly on the wall. Uh, but I really feel like that session, uh, you know, working with him and again him kind of giving you the power to be like, hey, listen, like you're not here because you know you're you're not good enough like you're here because like you you write great songs and 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 you know you know what you're doing so like i'm not gonna tell how why would i tell you how to be you or be your band like i'm, I'm not in your fucking band you know what i mean <laughs> that's like how do why would i know and uh and so like that it's 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 like oh wow that, all right that makes a lot of sense and then you play the first song and and then he like you know it's done and you go uh, uh steve how was that he's like I don't know, Frank. How was that? And you're like, oh shit. Like you're like, you're like, oh, all right, yeah. You know what? Let's do it again. Yeah. And then you do it again, and then you're like, oh man, I like you start to get that power back, and you feel this this confidence take over, which is really really nice. And I feel like um, that really helped with with finishing writing the the the, the whole of, of parachutes and going into that that recording session. Amazing. So what was the timeline between the EP and the album then? So so they almost happened in tandem then. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'd say that the EP was recorded. Uh, I'm. February, March, and then we recorded with Ross in June, July. You know, so like in between those two sessions is when I finished writing uh, Parachutes and then went right in and recorded it. So cool. Yeah. So, so then, so when you went in with Ross then for Parachutes, uh-huh. um, to say with the kind of the the quite tight time frame between the two records, like um, with Ross, obviously he's famed for kind of really getting inside people's heads and yes. bringing out that emotion i mean to work with steve and then ross like how how was that it must have been a very full-on process it was yeah man it was night and day ross is so hands-on uh he uh, he does this thing that he, he he lovingly refers to as mental surgery and he will ask you questions upon questions about questions uh, about what a song is about what you're trying to say why you're saying what you're saying um, how it relates to who you're talking to, like to the point where 
you're like, I don't. Is there another question you could possibly ask me? And then he does, and he answers that like he asked one that that one last question that like totally um, changes how you you. Th- think about that song and where it actually stems from it's so insane i came to so many realizations in that process uh about who i am as an artist who i am as a person i've never i've never gone to therapy and had that many breakthroughs let alone a recording process it was unbelievable and and he and i have stayed close ever ever since like uh he's just someone that I, i genuinely enjoy the company of and a really I don't know, man. He hel- he helps my my brain. He really <laughs> does. I love him so much. He's a great, great fucking guy. He's amazing. Amazing, man. Yeah. So did it? Did Ross? Did the two of them really put you through the emotional ringer? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I like. I must have cried like every day. It was insane. It was just like, if it was a, I was like a baby. I couldn't. I couldn't even. You know, I couldn't hold it together at certain points. But here's the thing. You hear the stories, right? About about Ross and 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 at least my impression from afar was that he was going to be like this imposing figure you know like um maybe in, in an aggressive way and uh and so i was like trying to get prepared for that but it's it was not like that not even a little bit uh for at least for us like and i don't know if it's tailored per artist but uh for us it was it was based in so much positivity that um it, I've never experienced that before. Like, I come from a long line of people feeling like they need to break you down as an artist in order to build you back up. And Ross doesn't didn't subscribe to that behavior with us. He was like, "Why would I do that? You know, like, why wouldn't I just build you up? Like, you're great. Like, you know, let's 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 go up from here. Let's not fucking let's not go down. Like, I'm not gonna berate you and you know tell you you're not good enough because if you weren't good enough, you wouldn't be here. And I was like, oh my god, like. I just want to, I want to hug you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was like, it was amazing. He was, uh, yeah, that process was unbelievable. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's like, especially between the, uh, the EPs and, and even with, you know, looking at, uh, stomach aches as well. Like you've, they're all, they've all got that Frank stamp on them, but they're all very different as well. Mm. And they all kind of stand on their own kind of feet. Um, is reinvention very important? Do you think, is that something like between records? Do you think, um, it's very important to kind of, you know try experiments and do new things and that's something that's gone across your entire career um is that something that's very important to you as an artist it is you know i I feel like um that stagnancy is is just is creative death you know i mean i i I don't want to do the same thing over and over again you know um i think that there's there's a fine line between improving upon something and, and just kind of repeating yourself you know um that repetitious stuff it's just it's masturbation you know I mean? like <laughs> honestly so I, I'd rather you know kind of challenge myself and, and push myself to do things that scare me you know and um, and that, that that's the kind of stuff that brings me the, the most joy as, as an artist you know is to change things up in that way amazing so is that kind of been the the thinking behind you know, obviously because you've changed the the life and the name of the band and like that kind of whole thing like and obviously you know you've had death spells and leather mouth and it's all been so different has that Man. been that way of thinking yeah you know i think for at least for the solo act like um the idea is that you go into the studio and and, and you you reinvent the band you, you change the way you think about music how you how you make music what you know what music means to you and, and what you're trying to say and then inevitably you come out of the studio a different person a different band and then you have to call it the same thing it just seems ridiculous to me so um i thought 
all right, well, that, I guess I'm in a really good position right now because, you know, my name, my 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 personal name isn't going to change, and if it's a solo act, it's always going to be in front of, you know, the 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 band name. So I can change the band and keep my my name in front of it. And I don't think it would confuse people as much. So and also too, it keeps me in like that honeymoon period of like, you know, I I love starting new bands, new projects, and kind of coming up with the names, coming up with the aesthetic of it, and figuring out what it's gonna sound like. That's that shit's so much fun, you know. I think if I didn't have that, I think I'd get bored and I would stop. Yeah, so it just it keeps it exciting. Oh, definitely. Yeah, for me at least. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I mean, do you think as well, like obviously, you know, as as an influential artist, do you think um, do you think a lot of bands play it by the book these days? Do you think there isn't enough of that? I mean, I don't. I I think it's hard enough without somebody like me coming in and talking shit about things I don't, you know, bands I don't know, you know. But I I, I feel like there's. I think there's there's a, a, a widespread fear, of 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 you know taking chances because, because you know like people, records aren't selling man like you know bands aren't, staying around very long because they financially can't fucking afford it you know, and um and labels are you know kind of like, just pulling their hair out and drawing straws and dumping bands and you know picking new ones up and just trying to see anything that'll work and it's. It's 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 a lot of fear based uh, activity, and that's sad because you know are you gonna have bands like uh, like Sonic Youth ever again? Are you gonna have bands like you know like Dinosaur Junior and uh, Flaming Lips and all these bands that like were nurtured? You know we're, we're given the opportunity to like exp- you know explore new 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 things, new soundscapes like that. That's that's what I think we're we're really gonna miss out on. You know if we don't uh, support artistry and, and 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 support you know bands that we love taking chances like you know maybe you don't get it right away but i think you should you should give it a shot as opposed to just kind of like having 800 discographies in your pocket and skipping through all of them never listen to any of it <laughs> yeah because i mean like bands like newer bands like milk teeth um, you know water parts i mean they're two vastly different bands but they're both they, it feels like they're doing that, you know. It feels like they're bringing in so many different things and doing something different with each with each release. Um, is that is that really cool to see? You know, because these bands who look up to you as well. Is that really cool to see, kind of in that way? Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I, I back anybody that that you know puts their neck on the line and 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 takes a chance. You know, I'm a fan of Milky's. I like I love that band. I think they're great guys and 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 girl, and uh, and and I think uh, you know, and they. They write some really great songs. Um, they have some really good equipment. I actually bought a head off of Chris <laughs> last summer. Amazing. Uh, and uh, uh, Waterparks, I'm not extremely familiar with, with their music, but I, I have met them um, at, at Slam Dunk, and they were very, very kind. And that was, I think that's awesome. So, uh, you know, uh, but again, like, anybody that's out there, like, doing because they love doing it, and and doesn't give a shit like you know what people think they're just gonna yeah, they have they do it because they have to fucking do it i i, I back it 100 percent. amazing and just like to go back to uh you are my sunshine as well there's a really interesting way of ending the ep um it, it kind of felt obviously a johnny cash cover but there was kind of like as well as having kind of that sort of you know classic frank feel to it it had um it's almost reminded me a bit of bright eyes as well um, like was it really fun to kind of put other influences onto another big influence on yourself yeah well that's the thing right like all right a song like uh like you're on my sunshine uh, just a standard song you know that i would i mean hundreds maybe a thousand people have covered that song 
uh, to throw your hat in that ring and be like, you know what, like, yeah, uh, six hundred thousand people have covered this up, but <laughs> this is my take. Like, it's a little bit different, and and uh, you know, I have something, I have something to offer as well. Like that, that that was really fun to do. It's it's also a big challenge, man. Like, I feel like uh, you, those are those are big shoes to fill, you know, and um, you know, it, I, I've never felt like like taking a song that I really love and then copying exactly the way someone else did it like that doesn't I don't know that doesn't I don't feel any like that doesn't make my soul feel good so like if I want to do a song like I want to do it in, a, in maybe a different way you know uh, at least put like my my spin on it a little bit you know and uh, and I think uh, as an artist like that's how I, wanna, I would want someone to take you know my creation I would want them to be inspired by it uh, and, and run with it you know so hopefully I, I, I've made somebody uh, happy and done it a little bit of justice. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely have. I mean, um, and for for um, Frank Over and the patients, like, what's what's the plan going into twenty eighteen? I know you're touring heavily to the end of the year. We are. Yeah, we're touring to the end of the year, and then uh, you know, I, I say this all the time, uh, but I really mean it. I'm going home, <laughs> and uh, and I'm staying there for a little while, and um, and I've said that so many times in the past, and then I'm like. But here's another tour, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and that's not gonna be the case. I actually, uh, I I was going against my my judgment, and I started booking things, and I actually ended up canceling everything, and uh, just because it's just not gonna work, and I need to like kind of get some some time to like I don't know, be a human being for a little while, and uh, figure out what's next. You know, um, I think I'm gonna be creating, but I'll probably be doing it from home. Amazing, uh, perfect place to end, Frank. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Amazing, yeah, yeah. So it was just so interesting. I think to hear him, what his opinions are on, you know, after speaking to his bands who love his bands and his music was really, really interesting. Um, Tamsin. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think Frank's one of those people that, as you said, like so many people look up to him and what he does, and he's he's kind of separated himself a bit from the whole like my chem emo era and he is just kind of doing whatever the hell he wants to do um which is fair play to him and one of the things that really interests me that he thinks there's a widespread fear in bands in taking risks in the industry at the moment because it's so tough and because labels are dropping bands so quickly um which i think when you've got Frank from My Chemical Romance saying stuff like that, it's kind of like, it's a bit of a wake-up call. I think some people need to kind of listen to what Frank is saying um, and help a bit. Because the, the, he's right, the, the industry is really, really tough at the moment and it's really hard for bands. Like, if, if, if you know, Alex said it, if a band makes a record wrong, that's the end of them. It is really hard for bands at the moment yeah. and um, I think a lot of people can take advice from what Frank's done and the emotion he puts into his records and looking at the difference in what he's created. Like you say, it's a wake-up call. I mean, like, it's the way that the music industry is, is stifling bands. It's not allowing them to, to reinvent themselves with every record and try new things and experiment. And that's why and it's really made me appreciate albums like Last Young Renegade by All Time Low and Gossip by Sleeping Messiahs because it really is bands making a, a, a definitive experiment and really playing around and changing their sound just because that's the right thing to do as an artist. Um, so I think that's very, very true. And just in terms of the actual records as well, I mean, working with uh, Steve Albini and Ross Robinson, Steve Albini did things like In Utero by Nirvana, Ross Robinson did things like um, the self-titled Slipknot album, Iowa by Slipknot and Glassjaw and all sorts of things. Um, 
they're two very famed producers for, for really putting artists through emotional trauma in a good way um so for frank to have done kind of both within a matter of months uh must have been super intense but it shows the lengths that he goes to for art i mean jack you in agreement um i think the biggest well um the biggest thing for me from that and it leads into like who he's working with and the way that he's approaching the music that he's making he said the frank stamp which is just like it's even though whatever he's doing it's going to be um like Frankie Hero through and through, whether it was Celebration Record or the Patience Record, or like if he does anything going forward, it's all going to sound a bit like him. But as well, it was him saying how he loves starting the new things and like working with different producers and putting himself through these paces, which a lot of bands when they're starting out will do. Like younger, scruffier bands will work with Ross Robinson or and do certain things and be pushed well frank still wants to be pushed and frank still wants to do these things he don't want to settle for being a legend he doesn't want to settle with being like the guy from michael romance that's why he plays at small venues with this like punk band and plays punk shows and writes punk songs because he's still excited about the power of music and what music he can make and what music he is in his head and it's just like building on like what he wants a release to be and what he wants to sound like and how it's going to look and how he's going to look like to be that like to have the career that you've had and be a family man and as he said like bless him he's ready to like go home like i mean it must be nice like walking in from tour when you've been out for like a year like and to see your family and spend a bit of time away from it um, but yeah, to be like someone who is happy to spend that much time away from their family in the name of something that he loves, like it's wild. Like I can't think of many other people who are in the position he is, who would still be pushing at the level he is like doing this tour just now and just being him, like not going, I'm just a guy who's playing songs, which I've written, not like, look at me. I've look at all this stuff I've done, like. You, you should be into this. I think it's really awesome. And like, just to lead in, like as Tamsin said, people should listen to what he's saying. This world needs people like Frank Hero. Yeah, and definitely. And I, I think that is starting to uh, travel through to bands. I mean, like, especially this year, and we've already spoken about it a lot on the podcast since we've been live, um, is that, you know, bands are doing this. You know, obviously it's not across the board, but bands are doing this. And especially really, really young bands as well. Like, you know, bands like Stand Atlantic or Chase Atlantic or these new bands we've been talking about. They're bridging worlds completely, and that's becoming a real thing. Um, and I think that that's just hopefully going to continue, you know, and I think it will. So a huge shout out to Frank, absolutely amazing, and um, yeah, just as you say, it's been a bit of an MCR themed episode almost this week, but uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant stuff. He, he was complaining about that, like, <laughs> oh, they're talking about My Chemical Romance again, oh, no one. No one's going to do that, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> cool, so uh buy the scene with Sirens bundle, still on sale, you can get the uh, Legends bundle with the vinyl sticker or hand-signed poster print by the whole band, or the Gossip bundle with exclusive tote bag designed by Kelly Quinn and an exclusive pocket mirror. Like the sound of all of that, and get the fan bundle, which includes all of those things. So shop.rockstand.tv, buy all up, let us know your favourite bits, get buy-in. Um, Spotify playlists as well, follow us on Spotify, Rock Sound Chart is updated every week. We've also got plenty of other playlists, including Pop Sound, New Metal, or if you want to delve back into music, learn about music, it's all there, so follow us on Spotify. 
And the Scuzz TV show is also on daily on Scuzz TV. If you want to uh, find out all the new bangers by bands in the magazine, if you want to watch along and read along, do it. It's on Scuzz TV daily. Watch it. Let us know your favourite tunes. So uh, come to an end. It's been an epic episode. It's been mad. Like I'm knackered. I'm knackered. <laughs> I'm generally knackered. It's just like... Ho- hopefully by next week my voice will be back to normal. Um, yeah. Uh, the next week we've got an- another bumper episode. We're spoiling you guys. Uh, it's the American Satan special. So to um, celebrate the release of American Satan, um, which of course stars Mr. Andy Biersack and Mr. Ben Bruce, uh, we got both of them to talk all about the film, what you can expect uh, about their respective roles, and working together. Uh, on an acting job and not on the stage. It's super interesting. So we're going to talk to Mr. Andy Biersack and Mr. Ben Bruce. Uh, and also Mr. Jaden Seeley with Confidence. Also returning like Austin did this week. Uh, so all things album two for With Confidence. So get excited for that. Can't wait. Guys, had a good time? Oh, yeah. Had a lovely time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Love you.